This is Parenting Reimagined, a place where the conversation goes beyond what we do as parents, and we take the time to consider what parenting teaches us, how it transforms us, and what being parents means for the landscape of our inner lives. I am Sherry Walling. Tracy Martin Fletcher is the single parent of a nine-year-old daughter named Joey. After her marriage ended, she had to figure out how to rebuild her family and how to reconceptualize what it means to be a parent, knowing that she was going to be parenting largely on her own. Her interview is funny, it's inspiring, and I hope that you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. I am 37. I am from Omaha, Nebraska. I come from a really close family. Even though we're not physically close, we're still crazy close as you can be being 1,500 miles apart. I work in marketing. How old is Joey now? She is nine and a half. I normally don't say the half, but apparently that's really important. What have you enjoyed most about being a mother? I don't think about this enough. That's what was kind of neat about your question. I love the person that I don't want to say I helped make, but I did. You know, I love like watching somebody become a person and discover things. People always say, oh, love, love's the best part of being a parent. Well, that's really, really vague. It is. She and I share something, I believe, really close since she came from me, and I've been with her since day one. That's kind of cool in my eyes. It's this really unique relationship, this unique kind of love that exactly. isn't like other relationships in life. Knowing that no matter what, I'm hers and she's mine. It's blood. You were raising Joey, your daughter, as a single parent. And, and what's that been like for you? Obviously, it's not something that you plan on. I sometimes feel ill-equipped because I'm not from a uh, divorced family. I was raised in a two-parent household, so I don't know what's normal as far as acting out or slight manipulation that might occur on her part or being tired of going over to daddy's every other weekend and dealing with a different set of rules. There's that side of it. And then there's kind of the, the side of not so much now, but in the beginning, realizing that your life is going to turn out very different from what you thought. And obviously not only my life, but also my child's life. Then there's always the guilt. There's lots of that, different types of it. There's financial guilt that I can't provide all the things that, that her, her dad can. It just creates a different life than what what I thought I was going to have. You've, you've been divorced for about six years? Yes. You've been doing it for a while. As, as time has gone on, what are the challenges that have really stayed with you? Oh, wow. <laughs> time management, you just don't have time to do it all. I work. I don't have time to always make the most nutritious protein, vegetable, fruit plate that Joey deserves to have at the end of the day. There are nights when she has pizza rolls for dinner, and that's it. And she's happy, but I'm, uh, I, I wish I could do better. I used to try to be there and, and do it all and go to everything. It, it finally dawned on me that if I was still married, I wouldn't go to every single soccer practice. I would probably not go to every single soccer game. 
And so I had to allow myself to be okay with missing some of those things because I can't do everything by myself. Matt's remarried uh, her father and, and his mother is also in town. I have learned to let him take over some of the things that Joey does. And we've kind of divided it up, oddly enough, amongst sports versus kind of the art. I think it's just a niggling feeling of guilt, even though I know mentally that I shouldn't feel it because this child doesn't want for anything. But it's still that little tingle in the back of my neck every once in a while. I hear that from a lot of parents, the sense in which we want to give our kids a certain type of experience or, or want to be fully present or fully there for everything and and inevitably run up against the reality that we just can't. But it, it sounds like there's a, a different element being a single parent. It almost sounds like there's a sense in which you feel like you have to make up for something. Well, yes, because you sometimes are the only one or you absolutely. I feel like sometimes I have to make up for my oneness. Earlier I was talking about, is she turning out all right and is everything okay? Well, this school year, is she started fourth grade and her grades took a little dip. She's always been a straight-A student, never any issues. I know it's not that important when people say, oh, well, she's still getting Bs, but it's just a change that I thought was different for her. I, I'm trying to think about what's been different, and her life has changed a lot this past year. She has a new baby brother over at her dad's house. She's in fourth grade now and starting to get those. She's not going through puberty yet, but it's right there on that, right there on that cusp. I started to kind of panic a little bit. I even went as so far as to make an appointment with a child psychologist just so that she has a safe place to talk. And, you know, when I say it out loud, it sounds a little bit crazy because when I was mad at my parents or had issues with them, I didn't necessarily need a safe place to talk. But for some reason feel like sometimes she wants to say things to me or possibly to Matt, but she doesn't for fear of hurting our feelings. I know she's more protective over me than I ever was over my mom. I just figured my mom could do everything. And in my eyes, she did. That's kind of a weird little piece of it, too. Like she almost sees you as maybe more vulnerable or she knows your limits. She experiences it. I think that's what it is. I... I guess I, I shouldn't be scared of the word. You know, you said vulnerable, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be vulnerable. But that's what it is. I do have limits. Sometimes I'm tired, or sometimes I don't want to go for that bike ride because I've been working, cleaning, and laundry, and all that, and running around town. I don't want to play victim. It's not that sense. I think it's just kind of a, it's a little bit more of a team mentality than the relationship I had with my parents, which is kind of weird now that I think about it and I say it out loud. We're definitely not friends because I always believe in a big separation between, you know, I'm mama and that's my relationship to you. But at the same time, I very much think that she kind of sees us as, and I see her as, as a teammate as well, trying to get through, trying to get through life. You're both working together to make life happen, yeah. even though you're clearly the mom and you're in charge, yes. but... But you're interdependent maybe a little bit more than you were with your parents. I, I think so. Yes. So this might be kind of a funny question. Are there any benefits or things that you really enjoy about being a single parent? Okay. There's, there's two good benefits. One benefit, I'm just going to say it right off the top, like tonight, she's at her dad's. I have the night off. 
I, it used to make me feel guilty that I'd be so so happy sometimes on these on these Wednesday nights. You know, my mom's like, no, you know, you got to make lemonade with, with your lemons. I sometimes, a little too guiltily, enjoy these times. I can have whatever I want for dinner. I can have my bath and a glass of wine. And I mean, it's just fantastic. So that is that is one benefit. The other, I think that Joey and I are closer because I don't have her all the time. When I have her, we're together. I don't get babysitters ever. I know which weekends I have her, what what weekends I don't. When I have her, it's me and her. I know her friends. I know what she says. I think she, she shares a lot more with me than I did with my parents, just because I think we're closer. I know it sounds weird, but I wouldn't want to change our relationship. I guess I'm kind of, I'm happy the way things have turned out as far as Joey and I's relationship. I was very worried at first, but it's turned out all right. You figured out how to make it work for you yeah. and for her. Yes. What's co-parenting been like, doing the two different household parenting? It is not easy. It is not easy on Joey. The rules are different at our houses. Her dad's a great dad. But as dads tend to be, sometimes they're a little bit looser and a little more, a little, there's a little bit more play with the rules. We've kind of instituted, she knows that after a weekend, she's kind of got a 24-hour grace period as far as playing loose and fast with the rules over here. And then after that, she's got to get it back. I think that that's kind of difficult. I always kind of wonder about, you know, am I too tough on her? Am I going to, you know, drive her away or, or what have you? Actually, I think because of the consistency and the rules, the opposite has happened. There was a phase that she would go through where every time she'd get in trouble, she'd be upstairs crying and she'd be like, I want my dad. I had to put a stop to that right away. And I said, listen, you, you can miss your dad when you're away and you can call him and talk to him under no circumstances when you're in trouble or you've done something wrong. Can you use that as an excuse to get away? That's not the way we're, we're going to operate. That's hard. The dealing with two separate rules, the juggling of events, as we've said, I'm really big into orchestra. I really wanted Joey to play an instrument. It's a huge commitment when one of the orchestras she plays for meets every Sunday, right smack dab in the middle of the day. It's hard because sometimes it's, it is a this or that situation. And I can't have her do everything because I can't always be there to pick her up and drop her off. And he is a very busy and he can't always. And so the co-parenting is, it is tricky. So parents who are couples probably have different rules of negotiation for those kinds of situations than when you're parenting alongside someone that you're not in a relationship with. Yes, I think so. Because let me give you some background. He cheated on me with someone and he ended up marrying this person. It was horrible and I was willing to take him back, but it was like a big no. And, you know, he continued to date this, this person, obviously, and married her. I feel robbed of a normal divorced relationship. And I, I know that sounds bizarre. There's a lot of underlying feelings and currents in our relationship that makes it tumultuous between my relationship with Joey's dad and then obviously her stepmother. Now, Joey knows none of this. As far as she's concerned in the way that we talk and act, we are all best friends. You know, when her little brother was born, we went shopping for stuff. When her dad and her stepmom got married, she was like, well, why aren't you coming to the wedding? And her dad and I were like, well, I, you know, we agreed that we'd say that I had to be out of town for business. And she doesn't know, which is how it should be, about the, the underlying currents of the relationship. 
the level of betrayal and hurt that yes exists there yes and sometimes because of that it it colors the relationship we're just now six years later I am just now really comfortable on the inside having a conversation with both of them they moved in the house that Matt and I had built being in that house again I just am just now I don't have that angst of being incredibly nervous and scared to be around them. Not because of, well, obviously because of what they did, but not because I was fearful of any sort of physical threat, but just mentally, I had been completely broken down. I think that that still covers the relationship a little bit and that she has a birthday party over at dad's house. It's her dad's birthday party. When I have one, it's here. And I've talked to him about us needing to get past that because she doesn't need two birthday parties. When she has her graduation party or sweet 16 party, I think it would be fantastic if all of us could do it together like normal people. Because of the way things happened, I think that it just makes it more difficult. Do you imagine the day when you will talk with Joey about this? I I have thought about this. Yes. And not for any weird reason like vengeance or see how, what an awesome person I am that I, that I stayed in Fresno, but The first time Joey gets her heart completely broken, and I'm not talking about a high school boyfriend or even a first college boyfriend, but I'm talking about the the big hurt. I've only had it one time in my life. I literally wanted to die. I want her to know that if I can get through it, she can get through it. Each day it gets better and it may get worse, but it, it, and then it, you know, gets better again. I want her to know that she can get through it. And if knowing this little girl that I have and her fortitude and her strength of character, if I can get through it, she can most definitely get through it. And not only that, but be better on the other side of it, be better for it. And so that would be one circumstance in which I could see myself talking about that. I have no intentions of lying to her about it because it is life and it's something that happened. And if it never gets brought up, though, it will never be spoken as, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going to deceive her about what happened. It's part of the kind of the ugliness of life. It's part of her story. If or when she is wanting to know that, then she, you know, then she can, assuming it's... At a time when I think she's a, old. An age-appropriate time. Exactly. And I honestly... People are like, well, when do you think this? And I'm like, I don't see this happening. And she may be 30. I joke around with her and say that she's not allowed to get married until after grad school. 30 seems, <laughs> 30 seems right about right. 30 is what you're going for. I'm going for. <laughs> okay. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. And would you say a little bit about your racial or ethnic background? Ah, well, I am black. <laughs> like that's, I think that's about it. Um. <laughs> So how long have you been black? Four, let's see. I can remember. So no, I am. But you know what's funny is that in my family, like my grandmother is very, my dad's mother is very, very fair-skinned and has blue eyes. And a lot of my great aunts were like that. And so I was always taught that black comes in a, in a big old range of colors. And that's what I consider myself is black. So how has being black or how has your cultural background shaped you as a mother? My grandmother is an amazing, strong woman. She was born in, let's see, 1923. 
she had her first child at 16, which is my dad. And then she had my dad's sister, my aunt Sharon, and then my uncle Michael, all just about within a four-year time span. She was born in Alliance, Nebraska, which is a teeny, teeny, tiny farm town out in the panhandle of Nebraska. Funny story, my grandmother actually graduated from high school the same day my dad did, because obviously when she had the family, she had to drop out of school, but she ended up going back. Just strong. I mean, she did most of it on her own. My grandfather was not involved, and then he ended up getting remarried. During my lifetime, her aunt T and aunt B move in with her. She took care of them and has always been the woman that go to her house at Thanksgiving and she would completely put on the entire meal without any help from anybody and could sew and could cross stitch and does her gardening and traveled around the world. She's like superwoman to me. That's been a huge influence on me. My dad is a quiet, stoic man. That's the best I can describe him. If you knew the women in our family, being his mom, his Aunt B, his Aunt T, his sister, and my mom, you'd kind of understand why he's the quiet, stoic type. He is surrounded by incredibly strong women, women that did it on their own in a time when being a single Black woman was not something fun to be. He is still incredibly close with his mom. They see each other almost every day. My mom and my Aunt Sharon and my dad, and they're all their kind of friends, and I call them family, are incredibly tight-knit. And that's just kind of what I grew up in. But I don't know how much, you know, me being Black comes into that. I mean, it's just so interwoven in everyday life. For example, I had a friend come visit here for Thanksgiving, and she was saying to make pumpkin pie. And I said, you know, I don't, you know, we don't, I've never made pumpkin pie before because in my family we make sweet potato pie. And she's like, what? You know, I've never heard of that. And I'm like, oh, I I think, you know, all black people make it. That's what we do. And she's like, what? I've never heard of this. And so stuff like that comes in. I mean, you know, we eat a lot, we eat greens and I don't, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know what it's like to be on the other side. So I don't know. Well, it's also wrapped up in in family and tradition and and the culture of Nebraska towns. And I mean, it's so hard to sort of tease apart. It is, exactly. And so we are a family's family. When one is sick, everyone pitches in. It's fantastic. We try to get back as often as possible. When Joey was first born, my mom really made it a, a point to be out here every six weeks because she wanted Joey to to know her and to have a relationship with her. And, and they do, they have a fantastic relationship. It's a part of who we are, but it's funny. It's not something that I think a lot about. What's hilarious is Joey's half white, but if you, if you ask her what she is, she'd say black. Now, this isn't anything that I have like scripted in her or said anything For example, I remember the first time she said something about it. She was probably in first grade and we were funny. We were in Nebraska. We were watching. They had some like after Christmas or after Thanksgiving special with Beyonce on it. There was some song that Beyonce had out that, you know, Joey loves music. So she loved and they showed a picture of Beyonce and she's like, what? You know, that's Beyonce. She's like, I thought and I'm like, oh, that's her. She's like, well, I thought Beyonce was black. And I said, well, she is, sweetie. She, you know, she is black. She goes, no, no, mama. I mean, black like us. 
And I was just like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, you know, she's really light. And I just wonder what Joey sees when she looks in the mirror because you saw the picture of her. She's not yeah. quite know what she looks like. Yeah. She could be a Beyonce cousin. Exactly. Or a little Mexican girl. But she knows who she it's is. It's funny. She does. And and my parents and I talk about this all the time because some of her mannerisms, and, and not to be stereotypical, but, you know, let's be honest here. Some of her mannerisms and the things that she says are, I'm just like, where did this come from? Because, you know, I am, I was born in Nebraska. I went to a school where I was one of three black people out of almost 4,000 students. So it's not like I was raised in an urban setting. Joey just, I don't know, today she put on this outfit and she's like, mom, do you think this is too hip hop? And I'm like, what? You know, I think, you know, you'll be fine. She goes, well, you know, I'm black. So that's just a part of who I am. (laughs) And I was just like, oh my goodness. I don't know that it's that big of a deal to her now. It's kind of like we've almost hit a critical mass of biracial people in the world, or at least in her environment, even at her school, there's a lot, that it becomes a non-issue at a certain point. I used to kind of be worried about, like, how do I foster this in her? And I realized that my parents didn't do that. They just lived their life, and I became who I was. You are who you are. Black isn't something that I have to try to be or try to fit in with. It's just what I am. And Joey kind of is just what she is. You don't have to teach her how to be black. Exactly. She just is. Yes. But she also will say she's German. Yeah. It doesn't really matter to her right now, which I love. Mm. However, she did say one thing to me regarding her dad and stepmother that I thought was interesting because they have a new baby. Joey said, I think people are going to think that I'm adopted when I'm with them. And that at first I didn't get, I was like, well, why, you know, why would they think that? And she's like, well, you know, I don't really look like them. And I, and I'm like, oh, sweetie, no, you know, families are made up of all different types of people. It doesn't matter what you look like now. She's like, well, I guess not. But it just, I mean, it doesn't fascinate me, but it's just weird to me how much she identifies with being black. And I don't know. I don't know if she just does that over here or if she is playing the other side of the fence over there. I have no idea. But it seems to come up a lot. It's something that's kind of floating around. I think so. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see if or how that changes over time. Exactly. As she... To see if she'll identify one way or another or if it doesn't ever matter. Because hmm. I do watch all the specials and I read all of the books about oh, I didn't fit in here and I didn't fit in there. And and I did worry about that, but I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if it's not, I wonder if it's a non-issue. If culture is changing enough that there's space for all different kinds of backgrounds. Yes, which is just crazy how far we've come in one generation. I mean, yeah, I'm always, you know, my mom marched, she's from the South and she was sprayed with fire hoses and had dogs attacked on her and you know, and here I have Joey, who it's, and we have a black president. I mean, people always say, well, we've got a lot of change to, to go. And yeah, we do have some things to change. But man, in one generation, we have done some amazing things. And you see it in your little Absolutely, girl. Absolutely, I do. Hmm. She is the change. Yeah, is the result of change and is the change to come yeah. too. So what has parenting taught you about yourself? Oh, wow. (laughs) One thing that I'm stronger than I thought I could be. Joey was feeling a little 
left out of the loop over at her dad's house because of course, you know, they've got a new baby that's like three months old. I had to explain, I'm like, sweetie, when you have, especially when there's a huge break in between them, I mean, there's nine years. I, I said, when you are, when you have a newborn, it's kind of like going to war. I'm like, it is, it is you against this baby. You are just trying to, just trying to survive. I remember when Joey was little and it would be almost nighttime and I would just, I would, I would honestly pray like, please let her sleep tonight. I can deal with a bad child during the day as long as she can cry all she wants during the day. Just let me sleep at night. Then you get kind of over that hurdle. And then you think, oh, it'll be great once they're walking or once they're talking. But each new incremental increase in intelligence and mobility brings its own challenges and new sets. And I'm surprised at the things that I'm able to do and still sort of keep all the balls in the air. I think being an adult, along with being an parent, it kind of sneaks up on you. I mean, you, you know, you're one day you're kind of carefree and the next day you're selling cookie dough and, and volunteering in the classroom and driving kids all over town to, for, for various lessons. And you're just kind of living it. It's just an amazing, it's an amazing roller coaster. She's the hardest thing that I've ever had to do or deal with or come across. She's my most favorite thing in the whole wide world also. It's quite the dichotomy. It's taught me to step outside of myself and see new things and experience new things as she is experiencing them for the first time. And it's funny how much when you're younger, how much you want to see the world and how much you want to do things. Well, now that I'm a parent, it's like, I want her to see these things and I want to be there when she sees it. I mean, I'm not creepy and I'm not like living vicariously through her, but I see them through her eyes and I hope that she's excited about that as I am. It gives you a whole new way to experience the world. Exactly. Through your eyes and and then newly through her eyes. Exactly. One of the things that I'm also really interested in and that I have asked everyone that I've interviewed is what parenting has meant for their spiritual life, either what has parenting taught them about God or how has parenting shaped their understanding of spirituality. You want to take a stab at that one? That's a uh, yet another good one. I have never prayed so much after having a child, I'll tell you that, and not just for my own child for things that other families are going through that once you kind of have a kid, it changes your whole perspective. I don't know that having her has changed my relationship with, with what I feel about God or any of my spirituality. I mean, I think that she's just kind of an extension. I'm not overly, I mean, I know this is such a corny thing to say, and I know that everybody says it too. It's, you know, I'm not necessarily religious. I'm more spiritual. You know, she is still at that tender age that what she reads in the Bible, she deems to be true. She is a very believing and and spiritual person, whereas, you know, I'm kind of jaded by life. (laughs) Um, I like some of the aspects of, of church and religion, but I also, it's hard for me to get past the role of women in religion. And it's not something that is, that we talk about a lot. Her, her godmother, uh, my cousin, 
died last March, you know, she knows that, that cousin Terry's in heaven and, and she can talk to her whenever she wants and, and, you know, that she's listening and, and we've had other family members that, that have passed and she knows that they're in heaven. And that's always been okay with her. Like she knows that that's a good place. It's a very uncomplicated view of things. Yeah. I don't have, you know, I don't, I don't know. That is a very complicated question. I just, I believe there's something more than us now, regardless of what that is. And that's kind of what I've, I've told Joey and it's not, you know, it's not some magic guy up in the sky, but it's just, you know, just a feeling and, or a, or a, it's a comforting presence, I guess. And I know that kind of sounds bad, but it doesn't really color my everyday parenting experience. It's not anything that I give daily thought to. I mean, I do, you know, I do, I do pray and I give thanks. Putting it out there in the world type thing than it going to any one person. Yeah. And it sounds like you're, you're watching Joey do that too in her own way, yes. you know, to, to sort of find these explanations for things that are on some level unexplainable yes. but but she finds an explanation or a source of comfort and and it works yes it does i would encourage any sort of spiritual journey anything that helps joey get through this life that is not harmful to herself or to others i will be all for and i guess maybe and not to put this word in your mouth but maybe that's in some ways what faith is it's sort of this it is that's Open, openness to what we don't fully understand. Absolutely. Yes. It's, faith is taking that first step when you can't see the staircase. When, when Joey turns 18 and goes off to Juilliard or UCLA or University of Nebraska, wherever it is she's going, how do you hope she'll describe you? That's hard. Okay. I hope she says I'm funny because I'd like to think I am. I know I embarrass her a lot, but you know. She said that I laugh too loud. By the time she's 18 or older, I hope that I am still a confidant for her. And I hope that she can tell people that I have the kind of mom that I can, I can tell anything to. And I know it'll be okay. I hope that also she would say, because this is how I feel about my mom, that regardless of where I live or where... I am, home is where I am, meaning when my mom is here in town, this is, this house feels more like home to me. When I'm in Nebraska with them, you know, that's home. When we meet in Denver for whatever reason for, for, to, to do a family event, that feels like home. I want to feel like home to her. I would love it if she would describe me that way. You have no idea um, what your mother went through until you have a child. You think on some level you understand motherhood, but until you're in there, you just don't. You know, my mom came out the day Joey was born, right as I was being wheeled back from my C-section. I remember being brought out of the hospital, the operating room, and the first thing my mom said was, you know, how is Tracy? Whereas everyone was very concerned about the baby and they were saying, well, you know, Tracy's fine, but here's the baby and she's doing it. And my mom's like, no, I don't, you know, I know the baby's fine. How's my baby? So I remember hearing that and knowing that, you know, my mom's here and everything's going to be fine. 
She is the type of person that the first time I had to take a shower after that, you know, she dried off, she dried me off and dried in between my toes and completely, you know, just like I was a baby again, because I was in so much pain and so exhausted. For my mom, that's just who she is. To be that in Joey, you know, you never know what the future holds, but not having ties here, wherever she may eventually settle down, I kind of plan on going. I know that home is with my mom, but Joey's home to be with me. That feeling of homes. How you hope she feels at home with you. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting Reimagined. If you like what you heard, visit our website, parentingreimagined.org, and sign up for our mailing list. You can also like us on Facebook. Thanks for taking the time to be part of this community of parents who's committed to learning the deeper lessons of parenting. 